Well, good morning, everybody. Why don't you guys go ahead and stand up and let's worship this morning together. Amazing gravy. This is the 
Through the cross, you are the truth, you are the 
celebrate you today. We celebrate your light. Your light is Christ in us. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus, for choosing to use imperfect people like us to shine your light into this world. God, I pray that even now, as we gather together in your name, that you will be lifted up Jesus, we celebrate you. Holy Spirit, have freedom in this place. I pray that you will work in every heart in this room, every heart that's watching online, every heart that will watch this service a week from now, a month from now, or whenever. May your Spirit speak to us. And then, Jesus, give us the courage to respond with a resounding yes when your Spirit speaks. We pray this in your name. Amen. Yes. Happy Father's Day. If you are a father, if you have a father. Oh, am I on now? I didn't do anything that time. The first time I was a little loud, but that, that's me. But Can you hear me? Happy Father's Day. We thought um, in honor of fathers everywhere, we would take just a moment and give you some nuggets of wisdom from fathers yes. throughout all generations. Yes. And so we have... A few dad jokes that we would like to share with you. Would that be all right? We're doing it no matter what, so you might as well say yes. Would that be yes. all right? Now, Thank you for that overwhelming... Uh... For some of you dads in here, you might know the answer to these questions because, I mean, we're dads, right? So if you know it, don't shout it out, but show us by and raise your hands if you know it. 
here's the first one. Are you ready for this? What do you call somebody who has a rubber toe? Roberto. Roberto. Go. <laughs> Roberto. Rubber. You get it? Rubber toe. How about this rubber. one? <laughs> All, right. All right. What does a nosy pepper do? <laughs> it gets jalapeno business. Hey. All right, y'all will get that in about 10 Jalapeno minutes and be business. laughing. Jalapeno business. Okay, Jalapeno okay, business. Okay, okay, okay. All right, check this out, check this out. Sometimes I tuck my knees into my chest and I just lean forward. That's how I roll. Uh-huh. All right. No, Jason's not having too much fun. <laughs> so, <laughs> no, no, no. So, um, seriously, though, the other day I got fired from my job at the bank. And, and, yeah, I know, an elderly lady came in and asked if I could check her balance. So I pushed her over. <laughs> I should go on the Jones. Check her balance. That was a good I know, one. we need, that was a good we one. need something. Okay, okay, I got one, I got one. Okay. They're not landing as I expected. What is, all right, here we go. This one's you guys going to be falling out your seats here. All right, for those of you guys that are at home, brace yourselves, okay? What is a caterpillar afraid of? Zoom in on me. Zoom in on me on this one. A caterpillar is afraid of a dogger pillar. Oh, yes. man. Caterpillar, dogger pillar, no? Did you hear <laughs> about the new restaurant that they just put on the moon? Great food. No atmosphere. All right, all right, all right, all right. I think we're almost done. So you can clap. Clap. All right, a lot clap. of you guys are going to know this one. A lot of you guys are going to know this one. This is good. This is good. What is the slipperiest country in the world? Greece. Oh, you got it. That's right. Greece. So, so why was the, the little kid staring at the orange juice carton? Because it said, concentrate. <laughs> Come on, guys. The dads are laughing. Listen, guys, uh, we have a couple announcements for you. Yeah. Uh, next Sunday, wear some shorts. Yeah. Wear some shorts. We have a baptism going on, and we are leaving straight from the church right over to the beach, and we're going to have some fun seeing God's work be done. Yeah, don't, don't be offended when we're in shorts and flip-flops because we literally, we want as many of us to go out and yes. celebrate baptism because baptism is something that we do as a community. Because we believe that we're called to disciple each other. And when someone is baptized in our church, we believe that we come alongside and, and we help them and they help us and we grow together. And so we want as many of you as possible to join us yes. at the beach. But we don't want you like wearing your like spiffy outfit and then be like, well, I'm not going to go because I'll mess up my shoes or my pants. Or right. No, come and dress appropriately and then we're going to celebrate New life that is happening in our church. Yes, and bring an umbrella because it's Florida, so it's either going to be the sun or the rain, right? So bring, bring an, an umbrella. umbrella. Absolutely. Uh, Tell us uh, a little bit about Yeah. The next thing is um, Jeff Hendricks. Jeff Hendricks is a missionary. I've known him since 1999. Good dude. And he has been all over the world as a missionary. You're not going to want to miss July 4th. He reminds me, for those of you 
that remember like when the smells and balls or people like that would come and they would tell these stories and you would just be captivated by what God was doing all around the world. This is Jeff. And so you're not going to want to miss July 4th as he comes and talks about his next mission and where the, the family is going after a couple of months here. Yes. Guys, we've been talking to you the last few weeks about a certain group of people, and we want to welcome them here this morning. We have Jason with us, and Mandy, his wife, and his three kids. Oh, there she is coming right here in the back. And so we want to welcome them. Uh, you know, we're so honored to have them here with us, and they're going to be helping us out uh, with tons of ministry opportunities, and uh, we're just, we really are excited to see you guys here. We yeah, yeah. barely even know them, and you know, this morning I just, I felt like I've known you forever. I'm like, what's up, man? How's it going? You know, and so... It's just real awesome to have you course, guys here. Justin is that way with a lot of people. That's true, so, that's true, that's but, true. But yeah. Hey, once again, happy Father's Day. As you exit, we have some pop so that we can celebrate our pops. And so wow. if you are a father or if you know a father or if maybe you've even had a father, you can grab a drink and celebrate them uh, after the service, all right? Happy that's right. Father's Day. And the truth is this, everybody could drink because we all have a father. And that's our Heavenly Father. Uh, guys, we're going to continue in worship with our tithes and offering. And, uh, you know, again, it's just one opportunity that we have to give back to the Lord. And so let's just ask for his blessing over this time. Father, you know, you've done so much for us. And, and as I think and I get all these happy Father's Day text messages, uh, and even one this morning from my sister, you know, saying, hey, I'm so glad. And it's a little sad story, but she said, I'm so glad you didn't turn out like Dad. Thank you. And, and all I can think about is how good you have been to me, Father, how you have shown me what a dad is supposed to be like. And so, Father, we thank you so much uh, for this opportunity that we are able to give to you. Lord, we ask that you bless this time, uh, bless the giver, and Lord, may you multiply it beyond what we could even think. We thank you and we love you, and it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Guys, you're going to see a couple of different ways on the screen that you're able to give, as well as if you're in here in person, we have some drop boxes in the back uh, that you can give on your way out. You know, it's so exciting to just see where we're going, coming from because, you know, I think back a few months ago, you know, COVID. And I remember, you know, when it first struck, we were in this sanctuary with just the band and just kind of the operations only in here on a Sunday morning with them recording. And so to see how, you know, every Sunday more and more people coming and joining um, and then also to see the classroom get pushed back. So we got even more chairs added over here. And to see your guys' faces is so awesome. And it reminds me you know, uh, of the next part of our service that we go into is that, you know, we're not here alone. You know, we're not, we're not doing this alone. We're not living on this world alone. And, uh, and, and if you're a Christian, we're not called to do this alone. And, uh, and so it's, it's awesome and it's an honor to be able to do it, uh, you know, not for only the greatest father of all, but to be able to have some partners at hand in it. And so we've come to a time in our service where we pass the peace to one another. And, uh, you know, during this time here, hopefully uh, one day we're able to squeeze each other's necks. But the way it looks, if you're in the building, we kind of give an air five, an air hug, whatever the case is. You know, me and Garen are kind of going to develop like this, you know, handshake via air style or whatever to show you guys. 
He just found that out right now. But um, and then uh, but then if you're online, p- please feel free to tag somebody. You know, but you know, maybe the first to tell you this morning. May the peace of the Lord be truly with you this morning. Go and pass that peace with one another. I'm excited. Uh, Jason, we're putting him to work already. He's going to come and read our scripture for today, and I didn't even ask him to do this, so I'm going to take care of this for you. Uh, will you read with us our prayer for understanding? Lord, open our hearts and minds by the power of your Holy Spirit, that as the scriptures are read and your word proclaimed, we may hear with joy what you say to us today. Amen. Did I do this correctly? First first Sunday. I'm the new guy, new kid in town, Jason. Uh, it's good to be with you. So I um, I didn't ask for permission, but you know, I'm a, I haven't been in my pulpit for three weeks now, so I've got a lot to say, man. It's all built up. So how about a mini sermon before the sermon? No, uh, on, on Father's Day, uh, you know, I was, I was thinking, you know, how, how does God love us as children? And what does he want from us? And, and how does he treat us? And my own boys this morning uh, went up to me and taught me a good lesson. As I was thinking about Father's Day, and my wife came in. I, I'm, I'm worn out from moving, driving, everything. And uh, in the middle of the night, I got to put in earplugs. So I slept really well after that. And uh, she came and woke me up. Uh, and she said, hey, happy Father's Day. The boys want you to make them breakfast. And I thought... You know, we we have these dreams of like someone bringing you breakfast, and I was like, and I thought, wait, no, this this is exactly what I want as a dad, because I think this is more of what God's God how He loves to treat us, and what He wants from us is that we can just go to Him and say, Hey, Dad, man, you are so great. Can you do this? We love you. We we're pretty helpless. We don't know how to make our own weird shaped pancakes. Can you do that for us? And uh, it was an honor to have my boys say, hey, Dad, make us uh, pancakes. So I tried to make some weird shapes, and they were even funnier. And I got up, and they had, you know how they get really excited uh, and get up before you on special days? And they had decorated all in this SpongeBob stuff. Everywhere, because, you know, of course, that's what I wanted, SpongeBob decorations for Father's Day. But it's, they're excited, and uh, I just like, man, I really feel loved as a dad. And uh, it is my honor to make pancakes for them and serve them. And so as we go to Scripture today, let's just be reminded of how much God loves us and uh, how much He, it's really weird to think of sometimes, but how much God wants to serve us, which is we don't think about that too often. But man, He loves us more than we can imagine. So we're going to start out in the book of Isaiah here. I'm still unpacking. I don't have my family-sized King James Bible for you, so... I'm sorry, I'll just have to go from the phone today. It's a joke, you all. I'm, a, I'm not real. I'm not good at being formal. 
Isaiah 49. We're going to do 1 through 6. Listen to me, you islands. Hear this, you distant nations. Before I was born, the Lord called me. From my mother's womb, He has spoken my name. He made my mouth like a sharpened sword. In the shadow of His hand, He hid me. He made me into a polished arrow and concealed me in His quiver. He said to me, You are my servant, Israel, in whom I will display my splendor. But I said, I have labored in vain. I have spent my strength for nothing at all. Yet what is due me is in the Lord's hand, and my reward is with my God. And now the Lord says, He who formed me in the womb to be a servant to bring, back, to bring Jacob back to him and gather Israel to himself, for I am honored in the eyes of the Lord, and my God has been my strength. He says, It is too small a thing for you to be my servant to restore the tribes of Jacob and bring back those of Israel I have kept. I will also also make you a light for the Gentiles that my salvation may reach to the ends of the earth. All right, we've got one more piece of scripture here. Sorry, I'm not reading on. Is there a is there a responsive reading I need to do? All right. And we are in Colossians 4 here. We're going to do 2 through 6. Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. And pray for us too, that God may open a door for our message, so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ, for which I am in chains. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. Be wise in the way you act towards outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. All right. So, the word of God for the people of God. Is that it, Pastor? So, I don't know if you remember your homework last week. I gave you a challenge. I'm wiping this off so that everyone can see that it's somewhat germ-free, I guess, except for my hand, but I'm wiping my hand off as well. I said, your challenge this week is to be salt. And then I said, I'm going to ask you 
if there's anyone that wants to share how they have been salt in their world this week. So, the question is, is there anyone that wants to share? Oh, all right, cameras, uh, you're not going to see this unless maybe a Pinley or someone can, there you go. Well, this happened last week while we were in church. Um, my seven-year-old granddaughter came to visit the week that week, and she was supposed to be picked up on Saturday. And she asked me, Grandma, could you have them come pick me up after church because I want to go to church with you. And so I called, and my son said, I think I better come and get her because her grandpa was not feeling well. And so I went in and told her, and she begged me. She said, please, Grandma, just tell him that I have to go to church with you. So I called my son back, and I said, you're not picking her up. She's going to church with me. See, she came to church here. She had never been in a church. Um, Her mother's from Japan, and my son's doesn't go to church so he she came and went right into children's church and she learned about the man being lowered onto a mat and she came home with a colored mat and the man laying on it and all the way home she said what a wonderful time that was and how nice the people were to her and how much she learned, and she wants to come to church with me every time she comes down here. They live in Jacksonville, and all the way home she talked about everybody being so nice, and they gave me food. <laughs> and and she was and she got home and she had to tell her grandpa about it, and her grandpa said, "I don't know that story," and she said, "Well." We're going to look it up, and you get on your phone and tell me what book to look it in. And so we looked in the Bible, we read it, and then she went to her mother and said, when we get back to Jacksonville, I want, to, I want you to find me a church, and you're coming with me. Mm. <laughs> and and it, it, just, it just made my day that she was able to stay with me and come here and meet meet the people that were just, those ladies were so great with her. And now that my husband's coming here, he's, his health is failing, and he couldn't be here today. But 10 years ago, right around this time, is when Betty brought me here, Betty Garrett. And she brought me here in a wheelchair because I was so sick, I couldn't walk. So here's my grandfather and my husband, and 10 years ago was me coming here with Betty Garrett. But I wanted to share that with everybody. Amen. Betty was salt. And because of that, Vanessa's salt. And because Vanessa is salt, Vanessa's granddaughter got to experience salt. Do you see how it works? That's awesome. Is there anyone else that wants to share something that God's doing? Hold on one second, Miss Janice. I, I saw his, his hand first. My, my alarm goes off tomorrow morning or late tonight at 1.30 in the morning. That's when I get up to go to work. 
for Monday. And when I get up, I, I read the daily bread while I'm having some cereal getting ready for my day in the quiet of the morning when nobody else is hopefully awake. And last week, on Monday morning, it was so clear in my mind, be the salt. And my prayer was, Lord, let me be the salt today. Somehow, I don't know where, I don't know why, I don't know how, but let me be the salt. And I go to work and I, re- I report in and, and there, was, there was a group of us standing around waiting for our paperwork, for our, for our loads. I'm a delivery man. I'm waiting for my load to be loaded so that I can go make my deliveries at 2 o'clock in the morning. And there's a group of us that are waiting for the same thing, for our loads to be prepared, our paperwork to be ready. And they talk like a bunch of truck drivers, (laughs) sailors, if you will. And I'm thinking, it's probably not my place to intervene and tell them as grown adult men how to talk, but I felt my place was just to be quiet and kind of sort of mind my own business. Eventually, I got my stuff, and I went on my way, and I made my deliveries, and I'm thinking during the course of the day, be the salt. That's right. Be the salt. I get home, and I tell my wife the same story, and the next day I wake up, and I think to myself, okay, today, Lord, I want to be the salt in somebody's life. And I go through my day, and there's no real opportunity. So Wednesday comes, and I I do the same thing. I get up, Lord, let me be the salt today. And I go through my day, and nothing really happens. Nothing noteworthy, that is. Thursday morning, same routine. Lord, let me be the salt. Friday happens. Lord, let me be the salt. And then yesterday comes about. And you're probably expecting some punchline where some big miraculous thing happened where I could really be the salt shaker, you know, and dump it all over. No. The story ends like this. I was more aware every morning and as my day went of what my job is. My job, just think about being the salt shaker, and that will lead me to live a little bit differently, and it opens up my heart to do God's work, and maybe that's all we can expect. Maybe we don't need that huge thing. That's wonderful. Vanessa's story was wonderful, but maybe that's not going to happen during the course of our week. Maybe we just are becoming more open to being the salt every minute. And that, to me, is the Holy Spirit working in my life, just to be aware of what I'm supposed to be doing all the time. That's good. Thanks, Mark. Miss Janice, you want to close us out? Oh, oh. That's absolutely. Just put it right up to your chin. You can, yes, ma'am. I don't know if this is going to pertain to salt, but anyway, I'm going to give it my best shot. I feel like it might, 
because I am there for my sister day and night when she needs me. Uh, she's got cancer, and she's going through a lot of pain, especially in her bones. And she has to lay in the bed all the time because she tries to sit up, but she only can sit up for a half an hour. And so when she can't get up and go get stuff like her juice or her ice pack, stuff like that, I do that. I, I come to her rescue. So I have protein. That might be sold. I could be wrong. But anyway, I do that kind of stuff. I also, when she's not able to feed the cats in the morning and do the cat litter, I do that. That might come with Canadian salt. I don't That's know. That's right. That's right, Miss Janice. And but anyway, I know God has worked in mysterious ways for my sister because she doesn't have to go through chemo. She doesn't have to go through radiation. As of now, she might have to later, but not now at this time. But they're doing a different procedure to her, which that also makes her sick too, because she's got her, her second procedure Friday, and she was sick for two days. But I was there again, there for her. And so I guess that pertains salt. Absolutely. Absolutely. But, Anytime you were being Jesus, yeah, you were and, being salt. But Jesus has really uh, gave us good news that she doesn't have to go through those other procedures as of now. Great. God bless him. Absolutely. And amen to that. Amen. Amen. Thank you. So two years before we moved into our house, we bought the land. It took two whole years to get the house built because um, Margaritaville was being built and nobody wanted to work on one house when they could work on dozens. But anyways, from the time we bought the land, I started praying for the people who would be my new neighbors. Mm. Because I don't believe you can just say to somebody, hey, you need Jesus. I think you have to do the greater work, and the greater work is prayer. So this lady who lives kind of next door to us and who really doesn't associate with many people in the neighborhood has come to my house twice and talked for more than an hour each time. And she said to me the second time she was there, she said, I, I don't know why I feel so comfortable here. And I was able to say, because I've been praying for you for two years. Wow. See, salt, salt doesn't always do it immediately. It, sometimes it takes a lot of time. But two years, I, I, I foresee that woman coming to Christ. Yeah. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you. Wow. All right. If you forgot the challenge, next week... This is your week. This is your week. So, so we're gonna we're gonna get into the sermon, and we're gonna be in Matthew chapter five. And I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna do my best to to say what the Holy Spirit has me say, and I'm gonna trust that my words get out of the way, and His words 
the Holy Spirit's words are heard. So we're going to be in Matthew chapter 5. And we have been in the Sermon on the Mount for a long, uh, long couple of months. And, and, but there's so much here. So much here. So maybe you're like me and you're fascinated with certain things. And one of the things that I absolutely love is lighthouses, which is awesome because we happen to have a lighthouse, right? This was taken um, about three weeks after we moved here. My parents came down and we went to the Ponce Inlet Lighthouse and we climbed up all 203 steps in flip-flops, which I do not recommend at all. And we got to the top and this is a picture of me and that is how I felt. I was scared to death. Uh, it was it was actually pretty bad. My girls were like, Dad, look up here. I was like, get against the wall. <laughs> so, um, I don't know. Does anybody else have a fear of heights? I guess it's not the heights that I'm afraid of. It's the falling from them that kind of jars me a little bit. So, uh, so <laughs> yes, yes. So, the Ponce Inlet Lighthouse was originally called the Mosquito Inlet Lighthouse. And it was... It was started, you know who said yeah, who knows that? Yeah, you do. It was first lit November 1st, 1887. So roughly the time the Statue of Liberty came to take place in New York Harbor, we got the Mosquito Inlet Lighthouse, and it shone for a long time. And it had what's called a Fresnel lens. Do you know what a Fresnel lens is? It looks like that. You probably have seen one before because a lot of car lights have Fresnel lenses. And what it is, is it takes light. So originally it was a kerosene light with five concentric wicks. And light goes like this, doesn't it? And so what happens is when it hits these ridges, it focuses the light so that it's not going this way, it hits that angled light so that it can project one way. And the Ponce Inlet Lighthouse actually could send light out 20 miles into the ocean. That's a long, long distance. I think I told you it's the largest um, in Florida. It's the third largest in the U.S. Good to know. Pretty interesting. We have lighthouses because... We need safety. Lighthouses bring safety to vessels, don't they? They help a captain and a ship orient orient themselves to where they are and where the danger is and where the land is. It it guides them home, right? You, You need the light in the darkness, don't you? Otherwise, you don't know where you're going. And so you have this lighthouse that shines out light. And it makes me think of the words of Jesus. It makes me think of the Bible and how often light and darkness are used in the Bible, right? Light usually represents God, purity, the good things, and darkness usually represents sin or evil or the bad things. You with me? I mean, this is... Pretty much Bible 101. Sure does feel like we've got a lot of darkness in the world these days, doesn't it? I mean, we've got a lot of anger 
We have a lot of hate. We have a lot of people that are more concerned with issues than they are with individuals. We have, well, it's just a tense climate. It's what I might even say, a dark climate. And that's why the Sermon on the Mount is so important for us. We have Jesus teaching us about who he is. And you recall, we talked about the Beatitudes are this beautiful picture of Jesus and how this is what Jesus is and what we're called to be. And we're blessed when we partner with Jesus. And then immediately on the hills of that, Jesus says, okay, this is what I look like and this is the situation. So this is what I need you to be. And he says, I need you to be salt and I need you to be light. There's darkness in the world. And if people are ever going to see the light, they're going to need to see it through you. If people are ever going to get beyond the chaotic situations that they're facing, and if they're ever going to see a way safely home, it's going to be because your light is shining into their darkness. Well, let's, let's just hear the words of Jesus. We're in Matthew 5, 13 through 16. And last week we focused on the first part. And this week we're going to focus on the last part. And then next week we'll tie it all together with a bow. So Matthew 5 says this. You are the salt of the earth. Not you should be or not I want to make you more like. But you are the salt of the earth. But what good is salt if it's lost its flavor? I mean, can you make it salty again? It will be thrown out and trampled underfoot as worthless. You're the light of the world. Like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a candle and then puts it under a bushel or a basket. Instead, the lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way... Let your good deeds shine out for all to see, so that everyone will praise your Heavenly Father. So, let your light shine. Did you know that the light of Jesus that you have in you is supposed to impact and influence others? Did you know that you are not just a passive player in this game of life, but you are called to be Active. You are called to be salt. You are called to be light to the people that need to taste these God flavors and see these God colors in their lives. That's what you and I are called not to do, but called to be. So what does that look like? Well, it looks a lot like my friend Dana, and I've talked about Dana a lot. It's because she's more than a friend. Jen and I have served on staff with her at three different churches. She has been our spiritual mentor and our pastoral go-to person for, oh goodness, for 20 years. So we were living in Houston, and our girls were going to a school, Lowry Elementary, and they were having a carnival, a big festival to raise money for something, whatever the PTA was raising money for. And Dana happened to be in town, and we said, Dana, you know, you want to go to a carnival with us? Sure. So she goes with us to the carnival, and she meets Scott. Now, Scott was married to one of our friends, and they, they attended our church. I knew Scott well. He and I were kind of 
uh, two of the skit buddies, and, and we would always do skits in the services to help accentuate the point. And so I introduced Scott to Dana, Dana Scott, Scott, Dana, and then the girls are like, Daddy, we want to go, you know, eat a funnel cake or something. So I'm like, hey, guys, I'm going to go with the girls. Y'all just hang out here, and I'll come back for you. So maybe 10 minutes passed. Maybe. So I came back. Dana, you about ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Dana, it's good to meet you. Good to meet you, Scott. And then we left. Right? I mean, just, we're at a carnival. Nothing serious happening. We're not, you know, just there. Flash forward three years. Scott and I are doing um, VBS, and we're two of the main people. And the way we would do our VBS is there'd be an opening skit, and then they would do all their activities and stuff, and then there'd be a closing skit. And during one of those in-between times, Scott and I are just kind of shooting the breeze and talking. And out of nowhere, Scott says, hey, how's your friend Dana? And it was so out of the blue that I'm like, Dana? Dana who? He's like, you know, the, 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 the pastor friend that I met at the, at the carnival. Oh, you know, and I, I told him, she's doing great. You know, she's at, she's at Nazarene Seminary right now. She's actually helping with pastoral leadership for the whole denomination through seminary. And she's doing a great job. She's just fantastic. And he looked at me, and tears started to fill his eyes. And I, I'm like, we're in the middle of a VBS break, and Scott's breaking down in front of me. And he, he says, man, I sure did like meeting her. There was just something about her I felt. I just felt this peace when I was talking to her. It was like it was like I was talking to Jesus and I wanted to be a little bit more like Jesus after talking to her. And what Scott was saying was Dana was light. Dana was light in that moment when I needed it. And it got me thinking, and in that moment, I was like, am I being that kind of light? Am I being the kind of person that it's not that I'm beating people over the head with the Bible, it's not that I'm being aggressive, it's that I'm just light. I am who I am because the light of Christ is in me, and it affects people. Do people leave my presence and say, wow, feel like I just encountered Jesus. I don't know that they do, but I know that's what I want. I want to be more like salt. I want to be more like light. Maybe you're in the same boat. So, so uh, one of the things I love about living here is the moon. Um, this is actually a picture of the supermoon that we took at Galveston. It happened, I don't know, about five years ago. And we were with our buddies and we went. And i got to be honest with you. In my life, I'm not observant with a lot of things. Bless you. I, am, I observe that. I'll walk into the house and I'll be like, ooh, cool throw pillow on the couch. When did we get that? And Jen's like, about four months ago. Like, that's how observant I am. I just don't notice a lot of things, but I notice the moon. It's always captivated me. I think a lot of people, you know, everyone wanted to be an astronaut growing up, and I think it's just, maybe we've always been fascinated with the moon. I remember it was probably within the first month of us moving here, we found a little pizza shop down in New Smyrna Beach, and it is a delight, let me tell you. And so we would always get pizza, and then we would walk to the beach, 
And one night we're walking out there and the moon is rising. And we noticed there was about 20 people and they were all gathered around and there was a little bit of drinking and there was a little bit of music and there was a little bit of, um, you know, just they were just all together, definitely there for a purpose. And then I noticed two or three people that were about knee deep in the water as the moon was coming up and they were, um, well, I'll put it, they were probably in their own headspace. They were in a little different place than everyone else. And they were, um, what I can only assume, uh, celebrating this new moon and its light, which they believed had some sort of mystical power or something. I don't know what it was. And I guess that's all well and good, but I think most of us remember elementary school and we remember science class and we remember that the moon actually has no light, right? I mean, the moon reflects light and you see the light on the moon based on how the sun is with the earth and the moon and that's how it happens. The moon has no light on its own. The moon only reflects what is on it. Is that what Jesus is talking about in Matthew chapter 5? I mean, you have this amazing... Think about this. Jesus says, you are the light. Think about how how amazing that is when you... Think about that in John 8, Jesus says, I am the light. So Jesus is the light. And in Matthew chapter 5, he's saying, listen, if you want to be like me with these blessings, if you want to look like I look, then you are going to be the light. I'm not going to be in physical form forever. If people are going to see the light, they're going to see it because you're the light. Not because you have... You know what I'm trying to say, right? It's because you're going to reflect the light of Jesus into every situation where you are. So if you're the light, shine. Let your light shine. Hide it under a bushel. No. I'm going to let it shine. You remember the song? There's so much good theology in kids' songs, isn't there? Let your light shine. There are people that are walking in darkness, and you may be the only light of Jesus in their lives. And if you do not shine, what are you doing? As you shine, you'll point people to Jesus. As people start to say, man, what is it about you? Calamity comes and you, it's not that it doesn't affect you, but you handle it differently. And you can say, well, it's because I I couldn't do it on my own. I'm just reflecting someone else's peace. I have this peace because... It's coming from a different source. I have this joy. I have this hope. Because it's coming from a different source. And so I have it. It's, it's my light. It's my joy. It's my hope. But it's not mine. It's, it's actually coming from 
somewhere else and I'd love to tell you about it. You're the light of the world. The city on the hill can't be hidden. Now, I mean, that one makes sense, right? You, you see these pictures of like these cities that are built on cliffs and at night, man, they just glow. Right? I mean, we, we get that. People are watching you. If you're a city on a hill, that means you are visible to someone. Uh, Garen, I don't want to be the light. It doesn't matter. People are watching you. What if I do the wrong thing? What if I screw things up? What if I say something that I'm not supposed to say? I don't want that responsibility. It doesn't matter. People are watching you. People are always watching just like you're always watching others. The question is, when they see you, are they going to see light? Now, if you're like me, we're going to go home in a few minutes, and you're going to go to your house, and you're going to turn on your electricity, and you're going to sit in your air-conditioned room, and your house probably has at least a bedroom, probably two maybe three. You're going to have common space that we call a living room or a den. You're going to have a kitchen. You're going to have all these different rooms. You're going to have power. You're going to have AC. You're going to have a lot of things that we know you didn't have 2,000 years ago, right? So 2,000 years ago, what you had was more like an 18 by 18 room. That's what most houses were made of. And they had one window, typically a circle window in the wall. And that's where outside light would come in. And so if you're going to shine, if you're going to have light in this 18 by 18 square room, you got to have light. And so you have a candle and what you have is you have this bowl or basin and you have oil in it and you have these wicks that are floating and you light them and they give light to the room. And where would you put that? You wouldn't put it over in the corner. You would put it on a stand because you want it to give light to everyone in the house, right? You wouldn't cover it up because you want light to be found. And if you left, you would take it off the stand, you would set it on the ground, and you would put a bushel or a basket over it because you wanted to protect that flame. They didn't have big lighters in their cabinet. And so fire was precious. If you had it, you kept it. And so you would guard it if you left. You didn't want some, some wind to blow it or it to get knocked over by, I don't know, your family cat. I don't know. You protected it. But then when you got home, one of the first things you would do is you would immediately take it off the basket and you would put it back on the stand because you want it to shine and you want it to give light to everyone in the house. You're a light. You're a light on a 